It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> my whole life <laughs> I got some things to say I'm still slowly dying but uh. hey we all are good morning back row radio I'm Matt and I'm Mo and you're streaming the morning side hug a back row morning show exclusively on backrowradio.com on today's show have you seen a UFO and we dive into a deeper topic, seven things Christians get wrong about Bible stories. Hmm. But first, it is Monday, January 13th, and uh, we got a holiday to celebrate. What do we got, Mo? We do. It's National Clean Your Desk Day. I just had to take a minute to look around. Right, she just know. I was going to say, I didn't <laughs> mention anything just for this moment to see if you noticed. Our Our studio has been... Slowly piling up with water bottles and old show prep paper and uh, still had like hot sauce and stuff left over from our YouTube show, which was two and a half years ago. Yeah, it's been a trash heap in the making for years. And for months I've been telling Matt, you've got to clean this. And for months I've been saying, okay, yeah, I will. And I don't. And, we and come it's the clean. Next, next time to record. And we just keep piling on, but it's clean. I got it. Well, I mean, I didn't scrub it or nothing, but I did get all the trash out of here. I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> I am really impressed. So, I, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I forced myself. I left my, uh, I have a tool to pick up garbage. Uh-huh. I left it up here on purpose, knowing that I'd have to come back up here. And the guilt would overwhelm me once I saw everything. Like, I'm already up here. I have this. I have a bag. Fine. And that's exactly what happened, too. I just had to force myself, convince myself. Well, I mean, it's easy to <laughs> just kind of forget about the mess that, eh, that was in here. We're only up there a few hours a week. Yeah. What's the big deal? No big deal. All right. So National Clean Your Desk Day is all about preparing your workspace for the new year and beginning new things on the right note. The holiday falls on the second Monday in January. This year, it's January 13th. Remember, a messy desk is an invitation to chaos, and a clean desk, on the other hand, helps you focus, be more productive, and generally makes you feel good about your workspace. And when we say clean, we don't just mean physical clutter. That's correct. Your computer desktop counts too, so drag those files into a nice, neat folder. Have you done that? No. Yeah, I mm. feel like you're... That's that's <laughs> where your mess comes in, right there. <laughs> You know, I save everything I could ever need to the desktop. It's a quick stop. It is. <laughs> it's right there. It's handy. So here's how you can celebrate today. Number one, say goodbye to the junk. Throw, shred, recycle, cleaning begins with getting rid of what you don't need. And number two, organize, declutter, and de-stress. A cluttered desk creates anxiety. And that doesn't help when you're in the midst of a busy work day. And lastly, make it an event. Involve your colleagues, have a cleanest desk competition, even post pictures of your desk on social media. <laughs> so my dad, um, you know, he worked in sales, and so with sales in the radio business, there's just tons of paperwork with every transaction. And so my dad, every now and then, would clean his desk all clean, and it would take about a month 
for it to stacks of paper literally to be as high as our microphones, like a good solid foot or more off the desk. And it would just be covering the entirety of the desk with his little workspace right in the middle center. Yeah. And he he would he would let it get so big that the task of trying to sort through it, because this is stuff you can't just throw away. You yeah. needed to file it. Mm-hmm. Was so monumental that he would have to dedicate a weekend every six months or so to go in there and just file it all away. But <laughs> I kept telling him, just you know, file it as you go. He goes, yeah, I know, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some people, I don't know, some people work better in mess. Yeah. And uh, he was like that. Um, but it definitely wasn't, I mean, it's, <laughs> he worked better as in more productive, but he lost paper that he needed all yeah. the time. And so he would write new ones and pile those on there too. So he'd have like three of the same order all sprinkled throughout this entire pile. So was he really being more productive then? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> that when i left my job that was one of i left for multiple reasons but that was probably the biggest like relief was not having to walk into a a work area that was papers everywhere yeah because that was part of my job was keeping all the filing for every employee at the, the school district here in town and so I would have stacks of paper and they would be, you know, facing one way and then the next stack of whatever would thing. be facing another way and then facing the other. Alternate. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it had to be. That's how the job had, you know, had to be. But I, I as a person, every time I would see it, I would like go into a bit of a anxiety attack yeah, yeah. pulling my hair out <laughs> scratching my face off because it's sending me into this panic of i've got to do something with these papers yeah. but i can't do anything with these papers yeah when there's when there's an outstanding job uh to do and it's on a piece of paper it feels more real yeah then it's if it's in an email if it's something like that i'm like yeah okay i'll get to it yeah but if, like, there is something on my desk saying you have to do this before you leave, it's, like, the first thing I do because I have to get it out of the way. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to bug me all the time. See, and I think that's why, like, I was just telling a friend the other day, I am a NIST, a NIST, a list maker. And so we have a big trip coming up. And just before that big trip, Canon has a big competition in Dallas. So Canon and I are leaving a few days before the rest of my family. And that hit me really hard a couple days ago. Like three o'clock in the morning, I woke up in a panic because I was like, wait, I don't have the week that I thought that I had to pack everybody. I've got to get everybody packed and make sure we have everything done and taken care of in like four (laughs) days because I'm leaving three days before them. So immediately I jumped up and started making a list. Right. Day by day, okay, today is Thursday. This is what I need to do. Today is Friday. This is what I need to do. So a friend asked me, how are you doing? Are you feeling stressed out? And I was like, well, I have my list. And she just kind of looked at me like, 
okay, like <laughs> breathe every day, take a walk. What kind of list are we talking about here? <laughs> no, my daily tasks of everything that I have to complete every single day, and then the overall list of all the things that I have to make sure I get done before I leave. <laughs> and I check each one off. Yeah. And see, I never really used to be a big list person. It's only been in the last year or so that I've noticed, even for little things. Like if I'm going to the grocery store and I have to pick up more than three things, yeah, I have to write a list because I, I keep telling myself, no, I'll remember it. And every single time I've proven myself wrong, every single time I'll get home and like, the one thing I really needed, I forgot all about. Listen. It happens so often now. I'm just proud of you for being able to... <laughs> it, we are still at a young age, at 34, to mm-hmm. be able to say, okay, I need to implement this in my life to make me a better person. <laughs> I have tried for the better part of, I guess, two years now to tell Chris, make a list. Yeah. Whenever he's going into like an anxiety attack or he's freaking out about things, I'm like, just write it down, make a list. Yeah. That way I can help him, number one. And two, he can see when you've got all these things running around in your head, it seems bigger than what it is once you actually write it down. Yeah. No. So yesterday he goes to run an errand and he texts me 10 minutes down the road, what was I going to do? Seriously? It's three things. <laughs> you were going to get your truck washed. You were going to go get your concealed carry paperwork. And you were going to bring home lunch. Oh, okay. Now listen. Listen. Listen, Linda. I asked him. He was going to get lunch. So I asked him, okay, if you get me anything, get me something healthy, maybe a salad or something. And a Sprite. I want a fountain Sprite, please. Okay, I don't want a bottled Sprite. I don't want a can of Sprite. I want a fountain Sprite. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Fountain makes a difference. There's something about a fountain Sprite. (laughs) 45 minutes goes by, and he comes home, and he walks in the door. I am so sorry I forgot the fountain Sprite. And I'm kind of (laughs) irritated. Because I really wanted that fountain Sprite. I am limiting my sugar. I am limiting the things that I'm putting into my body these days. I'm watching what I eat. That fountain sprite was going to be my treat. Yeah. And then he makes it like it's no big deal. And then when I'm obviously irritated about it, he makes it like it's a huge deal. Like, I'm the one that's supposed to be irritated at you right now. You don't get to be irritated at me for being irritated at you because you forgot what I asked for. Oh, man. make lists, people. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. When you when you're look when you're looking forward, because clearly you weren't looking forward to eating anything. You just wanted yes. Specific, that's the only specific thing you asked for. Yes, yeah. I, I know how 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 upsetting that would be. And he yeah. just made it like it was no big deal. <laughs> well, he might not understand how you're feeling, but no. But, but then he left and went and got two fountain sprites, one for himself and one for me. You didn't even want a stupid fountain sprite. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a that's a bit of. I think that happens to everybody who's really limiting the foods that they're into, you know having because mm-hmm. the other day. I was, you know, I'm, I'm at the point in the keto thing where 
I've got all my you know base meals down. I know what I can eat in a day right. without having to you know log calculate in the yeah, and yeah. all that. So now I've reached the point where okay, now I can really kind of start branching out into things I haven't tried yet. Try some new things that I make at home, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, and so I got I got really I don't even remember what it was now. Uh, I got really excited about something that I was going to try at home. Oh, okay. I remember what it was. So with keto, of course, you can't have bread. You can't have uh, carbohydrates. Online, there are several different companies that make a keto, like, hamburger bun or keto bread, uh, which are usually five carbs or less Mm -hmm. per thing. So I had looked all over. I'm on this forum where they talk about all this different stuff with thousands of people doing this and looking for best tasting, best quality, whatever. And I find one. It's a company. I'm not even going to name them. <clears throat> found one that everyone says, this is the best one. Get this. They're fantastic. They ship you these buns. You put them in the freezer. They thaw really quickly. Toast them up. Put a burger on there. You're going to love it. So I ordered. You have to. It's a small bakery thing. They only make these. They only make like four products. So you have to order a certain amount for them right. to be able to ship it to you. So I had to order like two full bags of these. So I have eight buns. Uh, they're really expensive because they're made with obscure ingredients. Right. So I get them, and it looks like it looks like a wheat bun, or maybe like you know, like barley color. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like a deep brown, uh, but it it smells okay. Doesn't smell weird. It smells like a bread. It smells like a grain of some kind. Uh, I slice it in half because they don't slice them. Uh, texture looks like bread. Feels eh, slightly spongy, but it's you know, smells fine. Looks fine. Toast up pretty good. So I'm pretty excited at this point. I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. Make a burger. Pile it up. Even put a a little dab of ketchup that you're not supposed to have either. I'm like, I'm going to make the best of this Mm -hmm. for sure. Two slices of cheese on there. I get it, and I'm excited. I take a picture of it and everything. I'm like, this is going to be good. This is a good day. On keto, this is this is the new the new burger. Mm-hmm. I can finally have a real burger held, holding it in my hands. Yeah, I bite into this thing, and I'm just sitting there chewing, and I can't tell the difference between the meat and the bread. It has almost the exact same texture, and the flavor does not taste. Like what it smells. It was really bad. And so I was disappointed. I tr- I muscled my way through about half of it. And then it started making me sick. Just feeling just every every chew. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just texturally disastrous. So I'm like, okay. I'm obviously doing it wrong. So I go back into the forum the next day. Thinking I have to redeem this. Because I was so disappointed. Because I was so excited. I have to redeem this. said, oh, yeah, you really got to toast it up good. Maybe put some butter on there. Give it a little extra flavor. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so I do that. Toast it a lot lot deeper. Make it hard. like it, uh, Almost like you know, you're toasting a bagel and it, it's got that really deep crunch sound to it. I'm like, all right, it's good. Put some butter. Put some butter on the top even. Uh, let that melt in. Make the whole burger again. And it did help. For about two bites. And then that was long enough for it to cool down. And as soon as it cooled down, it's it's like... 
It was like eating a sponge. I mean, it was just really bad. Hmm. And I'm like, how on earth? How how desperate are people online for bread that this is the best one that they've met? And so for the entirety of the week after that, two two days of solid disappointment in my, my burger journey, and I was just miserable. Yeah. You know, when you get your hopes up so much because you've deprived yourself of something for so long, and then you can't have it anymore, and then you think you're going to have it, one treat. And then it's a letdown. And then it's a letdown. Yeah. Or it doesn't show up at all because your husband didn't make a list. <laughs> True story. Hey, at least he did go back and get you one after what I'm assuming was a good argument. <laughs> it wasn't a good argument because I stood there silently as he's going through all the emotions of it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Oh, well, you're making it a big deal. Why the crap are you making it a big deal? Fine. I'll leave and go get you a stupid Sprite. And then he comes back as if nothing ever even happened and hands me the Sprite with a smile on his face as if he should receive husband of the year. <sighs> I mean, y'all do live way out there. That is quite a drive to go back and get a Sprite. No. <laughs> McDonald's is right around the corner. Oh, yeah. I forgot there is one way. We have a McDonald's. We have a Sonic. You're right. right. I forgot. We've got an Allsup's. That's the worst McDonald's, so I don't even think about that. I actually like that McDonald's. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe it's gotten better. I haven't gone there in a long time. We've got the Pilot that has Dunkin' Donuts. Those are bad, too. Oh, they're actually... You're crazy. I've been there three different times thinking, finally, some real donuts in this town. And You're crazy. Every single time. They're like extra chewy or old or whatever. So I always get the specialty. We have gone like from this story all <laughs> the way. <laughs> I always get the specialty donut. Whatever specialty they have going on for this season or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always get that one because I feel like... The main basic donuts that they always have, the glaze, the chocolate glaze. Yeah. They're all, they do kind of have a stale taste. Yeah. They do. Um, they do. But the specialty, whatever it is, you know, like a pumpkin spice, even sometimes the blueberry, which they have usually most of the time. They like the cake one, the blueberry yes, cake donut. It is always amazing. Okay. Always. Maybe if I, well, no, I'm not. I'm on keto now. I can't eat them. So maybe if I go back there again. No. And I won't. Not for well, a couple of years, probably. I was going to say, in a couple years. <laughs> I'm uh, 53 pounds, 53 point something pounds down. That's amazing. Yeah. So, that's exciting. Hey, you're not the only one losing. Yeah. I just want to say, I ain't no 53 pounds. <laughs> but I am five pounds down in... I didn't weigh myself this morning. I meant to, so that I specifically could say it today on the show. But I weighed myself two days ago, and two days ago I was five pounds five pounds down in six days. Good job. So, okay. Dropping the glycogen, glycogen stores in your body. Yeah. But uh, that's good. That's real good. Getting rid of all the sugar, adding in all the water. Yeah. I, uh... I pee a lot. <laughs> I went I went through all my posts that I've made every Wednesday trying to figure out how about on average how much am I losing cuz you yeah. know it shows you the average over time but those first 2 weeks you know I lost 
nearly 20 pounds of just glycogen, the, the sugar right. and the water in my body. And so I'm like, you can't really calculate that. And so I noticed it has been a pretty steady since then, since that two-week mark. Every week I've lost between four and five pounds. I'm like, okay, so if I keep doing that, mm-hmm. uh, I could reach my goal less than a year from now. If, But, you know, I'm sure it'll right. get a lot diff- more difficult as I... Uh, reach lower and lower weight, but I'm encouraged. I'm yeah. encouraged about it. It's it's not slowed down any uh, since I started. I'm proud uh, of you. And it's only been a little over two months. No. Like two months today. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I have dubbed Matt the Incredible Shrinking Man. Which did you... I don't know if you remember, and it might have been a uh, a... Implanted memory from a previous story, but you know, in that short time that I spent away, that's what they called me there too. Really? (laughs) Because there, you just didn't eat food. Uh, Did you lose a lot of weight? Gross. I lost about seventy pounds in there just from not eating. Because just go on that diet again. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need you to give me the details on that one. (laughs) That sounds right up my alley. I uh, I have learned that I have to work out that and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. There was a time in my life not too long ago where I loved it. I thrived for working really? out and yeah, you don't remember that? It was just like 3 years ago and I was working out every single day. Loved it. And then all of a sudden life happened and I was like was screw that, this. There's was that when you too were, much else going on. Was that when you were preparing for the marathon? No, that was before, even before the marathon. Even before that, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were doing, like, church announcements, that's when I was in the best shape. And so I look back on those stupid videos, and I'm like, <laughs> man, why can't I be her again? <laughs> Just started recording church announcements at the new church I'm attending, and... I looked at that video, like the first one came out, and then I look at the ones where we were recording, and I'm like, they don't, like, they look like they're cousins. They don't even look like the same person. (laughs) This one has her life together. This one's struggling. (laughs) I feel like it should be going the opposite direction. As I get older, I should be getting life together a little bit more. Nope. No. You know, the Jesus year was the hard year, apparently. That was the hard year, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) All right, well, coming up next, UFO sightings are up. What's the deal? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. To the morning side hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. As we typically do in the second hour, we're going to kick it off with five random facts. Five random facts. 
random facts <laughs> about offices in honor of National Clean Your Desk Day. Uh, number one, once the typewriter was invented, the design of the desk evolved because the roll-top design no longer worked. Do you remember the roll-top desk? I have a nice roll-top desk. Oh, you yeah, do. Greg, Greg That's had right. That and he gave it to us. It's really nice and super sturdy. Mm-hmm. Like, so strong. It's going to last forever. My grandparents had a roll-top desk. They still... My Nana still has it. Mm-hmm. She calls it a secretary's desk. I don't know if there's a difference. But anyway, I can remember sitting at that thing as a little girl. And my pop would always have post-it notes, just huge stacks. And I'd just write him little post-it notes and post them all over. But I would purposely roll that thing up and then roll it down when mm-hmm. I was done and come back to it and roll it up. <laughs> do my little notes, roll it. That's the one thing that I've asked for when my Nana's no longer with us. Can I please have the that secret? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Charles Darwin revolutionized the office chair by adding wheels. This helped him get to his specimens quicker while in his study. Makes sense. <laughs> there are 16 million microbes on a typical office keyboard. Yikes. That's pretty gross. The average office employee spends six weeks per year looking for something they've misplaced in their office. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And only 3% of offices clean their equipment regularly. Nasty. (laughs) So now you're even more glad you don't work in that office anymore. Yep. Although I did all my cleaning. Like we had a lady that came in and cleaned. Yeah. But every Friday... I wiped everything down, (laughs) had a Lysol can that I sprayed everything. That's good. Yeah, the Lysol works well. Um, So, interesting thing, and I don't think you and I have have ever talked about UFOs before. You know, and it's sad because we live, like, two hours from... Yeah, yeah, less than two hours from Roswell. UFO City. (laughs) Which, if you've never been... And if your only, like, uh, idea of what Roswell is like is from that old TV show on CW, the UFO Center is not some, like, massive, sprawling uh, archive of history with... It's it's literally a bunch of particle boards, you know, with the little holes and the little hooks. Hey, listen. <laughs> Just photos of things. Listen. <laughs> We're not from here, and so we have family that we are still trying to convince to come visit us, even though we've been here eight years now, and, you know, (laughs) the same portion of our family has come to visit us and nobody else. But anyway, I am not bitter. Um, (laughs) So we only have so much going for us to try and convince them to come. And Roswell is one of those things. So do not dumb it down, okay? The Alien Museum... (laughs) Is it is amazing? Ah. It is beyond anything that you could ever imagine. Roswell, the TV show, does not do it justice (laughs) by far. (laughs) There, uh, there's a lot of a lot of shops on their main street. Yes, there are. are Just pretty much solely dedicated to alien junk for you to purchase. So I mean, there's. You'll definitely leave with a nice alien trinket or bobble. Um, and their McDonald's is shaped like a UFO. Yeah. So I know that much. That's so, I mean, <laughs> at the same time, Roswell is like a huge hub for child abduction 
and um, uh, what is it where they uh, human trafficking? Human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of crime there. So when I, you go to Roswell, I didn't know this. It's like you're taking your life into your own hands. It's <laughs> it's an experiment, if you will. It can be a fun thing. <laughs> so, so if the UFO museum doesn't wow you, if you're not if you're not zazzed by that, then you can get your entertainment another way. And there's running a Panda for Express. your life. <laughs> and there's a what? A Panda Express. There is a Panda Express and Carl's Jr. and we got a lot of nice things that we I have here. honestly really like Roswell. <laughs> I think I prefer going to Roswell than going to Lubbock or Amarillo. Oh, but anyway, the reason we're talking about you <laughs> is that there was a rise in the number of North Americans who looked up into the sky in 2019 and found something that didn't look like a bird or a plane. The National UFO Reporting Center, which tracks calls and messages from people all around the U.S. and Canada about strange sightings in the sky, reported that it received 5,971 sightings in 2019, which is... More than 3,000 more than 2018. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Peter Davenport, who runs the independent organization that's based in Davenport, uh, Washington, said he couldn't explain why more people called about seeing flashing white lights, fireballs, dish, disc-shaped objects, and other oddities in 2019. One of the mysteries of UFOlogy is there is a fluctuation in the number of reports over the years he told ABC News in a phone interview, some years it's been low, but it's gotten much higher recently. Uh, so California led the country last year with the most number of UFO observations, uh, which was 485 in total, which was an increase of 182 from the year before. Florida came in second with 385 sightings in 2019, which is 156 more than in 2018. Washington came in third with 222 reports last year. It's represented an increase of 51 from 2018. Um, I mean, have you do you do you have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you ever seen something strange in the sky that's behaving weirdly? No, because I have. Really? Mm-hmm. No. There was. I don't I think it was in Hobbs, New Mexico. And we were driving and I was a kid, but I was old enough that you know, I knew I wasn't like imagining something or making it up in my head. Okay. Cuz my parents saw it too. And okay. we were kind of driving around going, "What the heck is this?" It was in the low light, it was like dusk, it was getting the sun was going down and we saw like floating between these mills and things. Just this strange shaped, and it looked, it was like shaped like a typical UFO almost. Like, you know, a kind of a football shape. A know. typical fictional UFO? Yeah, fictional UFO. <laughs> and uh, we're looking at it, and it's literally just sitting in the sky. It's not a helicopter. There were no mm-hmm. uh, rotating anything. It's just hovering. It didn't look like a, it wasn't like acting like a balloon. It wasn't. It wasn't a hot air balloon for sure because there was no basket or anything, and it didn't look like like a, just a typical balloon from like a party or whatever floating in the sky because it wasn't moving. It was sitting still in the sky, and from the best that we could tell, as we were driving all over, there was nothing like 
it was attached to. There was no line or anything mm-hmm. going up. It was uh, so we we never figured out what it was, and it was gone the next day. We didn't see it like zoom out of the air or anything. So I mean, obviously it was something. It might have been tied to the ground with a very thin string that we wouldn't have been able to see had we not been right up on it. Who knows? But it looked huge, and we never figured out what it was. And so that's the only time I remember. Now, I don't think in my mind that that was a UFO. Uh, I did then. And that got me really excited about UFOs when I was a kid. Yeah. Started renting UFO documentaries that they now show on the History Channel all the time. But started renting them from, you know, Blockbuster or whatever. Like, these are real... Area 51 documentaries about people that have snuck in there and what they've seen. <laughs> I got really excited about it based on that one incident. Uh, but now I believe, you know, it was obviously some sort of explainable thing. Yeah. Uh, mainly because it was there in the middle of the day. We couldn't have been the only people that saw it and nothing ever came of it. You know, nobody else ever said anything about it. So clearly something was happening we were just unaware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that happens with a lot of people. And that never happened to you before or anybody in your family? Uh-uh. Ever seen some strange thing? No. But see, I have a lot of people in my family that are like, it's it's a wonder, and I've said this, I remember saying this a few years ago, it's a wonder that we're all believers. Because like things that don't make sense to us, we easily explain away. mm we find an excuse, we find a reason, we find an explanation for whatever it is. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if there were ever something that looked as if it was a UFO, I feel like, and I don't have anything within my memory that sticks out, but I feel like my dad or my grand- grandmother or grandfather would have very easily been like, oh, come on, Megan, that's just a whatever. That's just a <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then would have given me a history lesson or a five-point paragraph as to how it is what they think it is and not some fictional ufo made Mm. up i was not given the opportunity to be a child and enjoy (laughs) (laughs) um no anyway i that on top of my air force background if i ever see something hovering in the sky i'm taking shelter somewhere yeah. I am going to hide. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like uh, Air Force people would automatically assume some sort of Russian tech or something, some new uh, hovering warship that they Listen. <laughs> listen. All I know is that there have been many an enemy that have seen something hovering in the sky just before their life ended. So <laughs> I'm just going to hide. <laughs> Uh, Rick Feinberg, a sportsman, a sportsman, spokesman for the American he Astronomical could be a sportsman Society, too. <laughs> emphasized that the U in UFO stands for unidentified, and many people are unaware of astronomical goings on in space on any given day. For instance, Jupiter and Venus were more visible to Earth last year, and they can stand out in the night sky, according to Feinberg. But he also noted that SpaceX launched 180 new satellites into space last year, and those devices have lit up the night skies. Uh, They have actually gotten complaints on how bright their satellites have turned out to be. And so they have actually, since then, uh, since this article came out, 
launched 60 more satellites, but they have toned them down a bit to where they won't stand out as much. Uh, I don't know if it's directly related to the sightings or if it's just people complaining about being able to see all this stuff in the sky when they want to look in the sky. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he says, if you're not keeping up with the news and not familiar with the skyline, you might mistakenly see an unidentified flying object. It may be unidentified to you, but known to others. So, like, as I said, when I was a kid, I rented a bunch of these videos mm-hmm. about UFOs. And and then, of course, now the History Channel, which is a channel devoted to the history of the world, plays non-stop UFO conspiracy well, stuff yeah, anymore. UFO and Hitler. <laughs> UFO, <laughs> Hitler, and weird things, uh, weird retellings of biblical stories that are wildly inaccurate Yes, to anything that's ever been written in the Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I've watched a lot of these, and I've kept not a close eye, but every now and then something like this will pique my interest. And so I'll look and see things, and like this year there were like strange cylinder-shaped things that people saw in the sky. Uh, I remember one year they thought they had found some sort of weird alien. They would take a photo, and it would like be this long strand, and it would look like it had like the length of the strand, or the center body, whatever they would say. It looked like it had like a wing that would go the entire length of that that would warble, you know, go up and down, up and down, up and down. And that's how it would fly. And it would just zip across the sky like that. So it's really long, like half a foot long thing. They said, we've got so many pictures of this. And it turned out that it was some sort of bug, normal bug, that would fly. And the camera speed wasn't fast enough to catch it. You know, so it straight away. It out. So it stretched it out. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but there were so many instances of, instances of this during a certain period of time with camera technology that people were convinced that we had these tiny, strange aliens all over our planet. <laughs> and so that's how easy something like that can spread, especially mm-hmm. on the internet now. Um, but there was something that someone pointed out to me. Um, when I was a teenager saying that, you know, the Bible does say that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Mm -hmm. And so he made the contention that it's entirely possible that Satan can create some sort of vision in the sky to convince you there is a UFO there just to get you to question everything that you think, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow. Or even just use something that is normal and convince you that it's something else. Yeah. Or that it's something you don't know, something yeah. unknown. And I'm like, that's an interesting thought. I mean, he does that with our emotions all <laughs> sure. the time anyway. So why wouldn't he <laughs> do it with something that's actually visible, actually there? Yeah. I. Whoever said that to you was a very wise person. I can totally yeah. get behind I mean, I know teaching. it was it was a pastor or something. So it was somebody that I trusted. It wasn't just some random Joe. Uh, but... Well, even if it was a random Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I just want to say really quick. Go ahead. It doesn't surprise me 
and it is not lost on me that the top three states, California, Florida, and Washington, <laughs> all have legalized marijuana. <laughs> I'm just saying. There is a connection there. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't catch that. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> just saying. All right. Well, coming up next, what are you getting wrong about certain Bible stories? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug. A back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. Uh, in our third hour here, and, and we've done, as Mo has pointed out to me during the break, we have done uh, things like this before. <laughs> so her first question was, are we really doing this again? Uh, so I'm going to preface this by saying <laughs> that this is a different list with mostly new things. But we're going to be going over things that Christians get wrong. Uh, about the Bible, uh, misnomers, or just stories that we've uh, either glossed over and just kind of kind of combined it all uh, in our brain, or more likely, they were taught to us in the really kind of simplified way that most Bible stories are when we're children in Sunday school and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, and we never really learned otherwise as we grew up that there was much more to that story, or it was little bit different than we were told um i mean you know the key example of that is noah's ark when we're you know they came two by two and and even in like grown-up media even in in christian movies and things like that they just kind of default to that because that's what people know right animals came two by two but no there were a lot of animals that there were seven of them and and the main reason of that was they were going to eat a lot of them. They were for they sacrifice. Were <laughs> sacrifice. Some were for sacrifice, some, for some were for eating. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a whole plan. It was a whole plan. Well, and two, <laughs> David and Goliath. Like, that's something that blew my mind as an adult. Because they leave out the whole part about him cutting off oh, his okay, head. Okay, yeah. I'm like, what, okay, which part are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, cut off his head. Yeah. Made sure he was gone. You just think this little boy is like... <laughs> Hey, he's a hero. Yeah. Boom. I'm the king now. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Not so much. Then it gets dark. Shink. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is what you deserve. That has been like the biggest letdown of my adult life, I need to tell you. Like Really? No, David no, no. Now? Not that. It, specifically, but just like being in a Bible study or sharing with friends, talking about Bible stories and Thinking that I know the story, and then they're mm. like, "Oh, but, but did you know this?" And I'm like, "What, <laughs> David? You're a little boy. Why didn't anybody explain <laughs> this to me?" So the most recent one that happened to me with that, and I don't know if we talked about it on the show. I'm sure we did. Was about Noah's Ark. Yeah, where we're always talking about how you know all the people around Noah came and like, "What are you doing, Noah? You're so stupid. It hasn't rained in forever. It's not yeah. going to rain." You know, and mocked him and everything, and he just kept riding along. You yeah. Know? Even in Kanye West's album, he mentioned that. 
where in one of the lyrics it was about people uh, ridiculing and said they did the same thing to Noah. I'm like, no, they didn't. <laughs> Bible doesn't say anything about anybody coming and mocking him for building the ark. Yeah. Nothing. Not one thing whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was making fun of him. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, it's not written that it was. I'm sure there were people like, oh, like it was Noah. Yeah. Building that giant boat on his property. Well, the biggest, like, because he continued evangelizing, he continued trying to tell people, mm-hmm. and people just disregarded him. Right. So I think that that's where the whole mocking thing yeah. comes into yeah. play. Like, it's just there's no real... <laughs> There's yeah. no real mocking in the Bible that we see. Yeah. And definitely no, like, heckling. And that's kind of what people think yeah. about. Or, like, when they made that Evan Almighty movie where he was, you know, that's kind of what they were doing. Is they, they brought a whole bunch of people to come out there to mock him. Yeah. And that was supposed to be retelling, you know, the story of modern times kind of thing. And it didn't really happen. Didn't Always really happen. envision this big crowd standing <laughs> as Noah's working hard, you know, putting each plank on the ship, on the boat, <laughs> and this whole crowd just standing by like, ha ha, he's so stupid. Waiting for him to drop a hammer or whatever. Yeah. Ah, where's your God now, Noah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get to this list. This list comes from uh, factsandtrends.net. It is by Aaron Wilson. The actual title of the article is Seven Details Christians Get Wrong About the Bible. So we're going to go through these, see if we knew them. Okay. And uh, yeah, so here we go. So the first one is also about Noah's Ark. Uh, But it's the idea that it began raining as soon as God brought the animals on board Noah's Ark. And that's kind of how we see it retold is that, you know, it's like the storm clouds are gathering and he's trying to get those last animals in so we can close the door and before the rain starts. And uh, even according to a popular children's song, the flood began right after the animals entered the ark. Uh, the supposed timeline is often repeated in Bible lessons on the flood, but that notion is challenged by Moses' writings. In Genesis 7, 9 through 10, it says two of each animal, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark. Just as God had commanded him, seven days later, the floodwaters came on the earth. Mm -hmm. So, like, they were sitting in that boat for a week before it even started raining. Mm -hmm. And I never imagined that in the story at all. So, to me, like, it kind of just makes sense. Yeah. So, I've talked about how I'm studying through the Old Testament this yeah. year in a Bible study. And Genesis obviously takes up a huge part mm. of the Old Testament. And so we're going story by story. And Noah, by far, has been my favorite portion that we've studied. Because there's just so many things in that story that you don't realize you got wrong yeah. your entire life. So that's something else. You know, I always envision like Noah going out and, okay, elephants, let's come on. Okay, zebras, <laughs> now it's your turn. You know, <laughs> no, God brought the animals to Noah, mm-hmm. to the ark. And so when Which you Which is consider- something that Evan Almighty got right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just started showing up out of nowhere. Which, yeah. But when you consider all the animals that had to get on the, the ark, it probably took a week for them to board. Mm-hmm. Just considering how slow moving animals can be. And there wasn't just two of them, as we said earlier, there were seven of each animal just getting them on the ark and getting them most most animals anyway yeah yeah and getting them in their position right pins and all that stuff that they had exactly multiple stories so when you take a a (laughs) realistic perspective to it you're like oh yeah that kind of makes sense right and (laughs) 
it's like some other things that you see like there have been questions i think i think it came in up in like psych one of the episodes or it was a flashback and he was asking the pastor about all these different questions he had about noah's ark and it's because he put up a, he held up like a picture that was in one of the children's bible story things and it's got like lions and lambs sitting yeah. next to each other yeah and he's like you're really gonna tell me that, that lion's not gonna eat that lamb for 40 days or however long well i mean it was you know, they weren't just in the boat for 40 days either that's another thing they were in it for quite a while right it just rained for 40 days and nights yep um but yeah i mean i'm sure they were separated i'm sure there were pens i'm yeah. sure they were kept apart just like in a zoo mm-hmm. it's not just like it was a big open auditorium and like all right everybody find a grab some wall yep you know, everybody get a spot. <laughs> Got a long journey ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's just a lot about that. What was the other thing? It was. Oh, yeah. It was. How, how did koalas get from Australia all the way up to the Middle East? And I'm like, look, Christians don't. Uh, disagree with a lot of things that people say happen in history one of the things is the idea of pangea Mm -hmm. that all of the continents were once one big land mass yeah because yeah 40 days worth of rain all over the entire flooded earth would shift the land exactly and so at one point all the land was connected Mm -hmm. just like you know, evolutionists and everybody says, giant flood, stuff shifts over the earth. Yep. Animals get spread out. What? <laughs> Mind blown. <sighs> New lands. Um, but it's it's just, I mean, it's, it's little stuff like that you don't really think about. And it's little stuff like that that convince other people, okay, that never could have happened. Yeah. That definitely wasn't true because A, B, and C. Well, I feel like you're just really easily dismissing things. Yeah. If you're just going to say, okay, that's it. That, that, it solves it. Definitely didn't happen. Yeah. That lion totally would have eaten that lamb at some point. We wouldn't have any more lambs. Just be lions. In fact, the lions would have eaten everybody. We wouldn't have any animals. Just be a world of lions. It'd eaten the people too. Lions would just populate the entire earth. Nothing else. Why do we have lambs? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, I, but man. see, that's what I'm talking about. Like with my family, my my personal family, that would be my family's argument. They would be the ones that would. So I don't understand like how faith is just. It's only a miracle of God. God chooses us. That we have taken my family my my parents my grandparents their their parents that we've taken to biblical beliefs so easily yeah cuz everything <laughs> is else is thing, yeah. it, it like they <laughs> <laughs> i don't know so anyway. i do i do have to call out the uh, author of this article cuz oh, no. as he's writing in this he says so during this time this week where they waited for the rain oh. to fall he was likely tempted with doubt, frustration, and irritability. He may have had to fight pride as he longed for the skies to open to avenge his name against his neighbor's mocking accusations. <laughs> like, literally, dude, this is your article about things Christians get wrong about the Bible. 
proves that humans are flawed. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> All right, so number two. Uh, the next thing that people get wrong is that the exodus began, like, during the day. Like, they're like, okay, we're up, we're leaving, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Leave at dawn, we leave at daybreak, that kind of thing. Uh, movies such as uh, Cecil uh, B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments and The Prince of Egypt, the cartoon version, uh, depict the Israelites leaving Egypt at daybreak. Uh, while the massive event likely spilled over into the day, the biblical account leans toward the initial journey actually occurring at night, mm-hmm. like leaving in the dark of night. Uh, the timeline stresses the Egyptians' dire urgency to get rid of the Hebrews immediately following the final plague that took their firstborn males, a scenario remembered for generations through a Passover diet consisting of unleavened bread in great haste. So this was probably at the end of the day when, yeah. you know, when this, this, because uh, they had painted the, the lamb's blood over their, their uh, door frames to show that they were Israelites and... That came like that happened at night. The, mm-hmm. the firstborn thing happened like at dusk or somewhere shortly after that, and yeah, I mean if that's happening, everyone's dying. Like, okay, fine, get out of here. Yep. And so we left, kind of thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, you don't think about that. Here's another thing, and this is tied to the first story. And <laughs> this is something I keep wanting to bring up. <laughs> there's a there's a large number of people, and this was even used in, uh, I think, an episode of CSI. There's a large number of people who believe that the whole Christian uh, story is actually about aliens. And that, like, you have things like Ezekiel seeing the wheel within a wheel, saying that's a UFO right there, you know? But there's one thing about the, sto- the Exodus story that I think, yeah, I could totally write a a, 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 a a movie showing that this was, you know, a UFO. Because during the day, the Israelites were led through the desert by a pillar of dust, you know. And during the night, it was a pillar of fire, quote unquote. Well, you know, that's when they didn't understand what they were looking at, they would write the closest thing that they could see. So I'm thinking that's a the beam coming down from the UFO at night, and then it's just the wind that's kicking it up underneath the UFO during the day. Matthew. <laughs> Seriously, that was the Holy Spirit protecting them but that, as but... they were traveling. That was the cloud protecting them from the sun beating down on them as they're traveling by day i'm just saying that we never we never see the term pillar of fire anywhere else and so now i just imagine that simpsons episode where the the ufo uh is shooting down that beam and they're trying and they suck up all the family members and then they get to homer and he's too heavy and so they have to add a second beam to get him <laughs> anyway off topic just because we talked about UFOs. I wouldn't have brought it up aye, any other aye, reason. Aye. <laughs> All right, the number three thing on this list that Christians get wrong about the Bible, that Mary Magdalene was Magdalene. Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was both the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with the expensive perfume and a former prostitute. Mary Magdalene is often assumed to be the woman from Luke 7, 36, 50, who anoints Jesus' feet with perfume and wipes it up with her hair. The notion is often uh, rehashed in sermons and even popular in songs, such as Alabaster Box. 
However, the woman in this passage isn't named, indicating it likely wasn't Mary Magdalene, since Luke identifies her by name in another passage in his Gospel in Luke 8. Given that Luke was such a meticulous historian, it would have been out of character for him to leave the central character of a story unnamed if he knew her to be Mary. So, you know. And that's that's kind of what I've always heard. I've I've always assumed that that was Mary because that's what I've always heard. Mm-hmm. And that that was definitely Mary Magdalene. Um, but uh, another assumed characteristic of Mary Magdalene is that she was a former prostitute. And while this could have been true, the Bible actually never makes this claim. Mm-hmm. In Luke eight two, we learn that Mary Magdalene was delivered from seven demons. But neither Luke nor any other biblical author ever describes her as a former prostitute. This is an assumption that comes from an exp- uh, extra extrapolation of the text. So she was likely neither of these things. Yeah. Even though they're both attributed to her in her story, typically. Even among the Bible. Uh, let's see. Bible. Even among the churches. Not the Bible. Not the Bible. That's specifically what we're talking about here. Uh, number four. There will be no more sun and moon on the new earth. So I told you these were new. These are different things. We haven't talked about it before. Okay. Uh, some Christians believe there will be no sun or moon on the future earth. This oft-repeated saying is drawn from Isaiah 60, 19, and Revelation 21, 23, 22, 5. A closer reading of these passages, however, reveals not that there will be an elimination of the sun and moon, but rather their light will no longer be needed. Mm-hmm. So the point is not necessarily that God is going to remove celestial bodies from the vantage point of the new earth, but that the radiance of Christ's glory will outshine them, rendering their light unnecessary. Uh, The above passage in Isaiah also refers to Zion, a term for Jerusalem, uh, while the passage uh, from Revelation is specific to the city, the new Jerusalem. This would indicate that while the illumination of Christ's glory will flow out of New Jerusalem, it might not light the entire earth in a way that the sun and moon will be rendered completely obsolete. I see you thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, again, it makes sense yeah. when you hear it taken apart right, and explained for what it actually says. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, so the next one brings up the one that the person that you uh, brought up, David, mm-hmm. uh, and that was that David was the most righteous Old Testament king, and that's kind of what we think. Mm-hmm. We think you know he was he was, you know, aside from Jesus, he was kind of like the big hero of the Bible. That's what a lot of people assume. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> but now I mean we all know. <laughs> now, as a as a man after God's own heart, David is often remembered as the Old Testament king who most closely displayed a righteous character. Of course, that includes some glaring exceptions, which include David committing adultery, uh, plotting murder, initiating a census prohibited by the Lord, and not disciplining his own son. Uh, these sins of David demonstrate the great chasm between the Lord's righteousness and the character of one of the most esteemed earthly kings. But was David really the most righteous Old Testament monarch Listed, uh, probably not. Instead, the Bible points to Hezekiah and Josiah, descendants of David, as two of the most righteous Old Testament kings. And you can see this in Second Kings eighteen through twenty, uh, or eighteen and twenty-three. 
the fact that both of these passages say two different kings, there was no other king like him, either before him or after him, proves this to be, you know, hyperbole, uh, hyperbole, hyperbole, I can't say the word. Hyperbole. Thank you. Hyperbole. Hyperbole. <laughs> Nevertheless, it does give uh, high praise to these two Jewish rulers, providing David some heavy competition for the title of best Old Testament king. It's just that David has such a a long story mm-hmm. in the Bible. Like we know the different parts of his life, while the Hezekiah and Josiah story are relatively short. Right in the Bible, we don't know all that much about them, uh, but that's likely because they just led a relatively Calm, righteous life. Yeah. <laughs> doing what they need to be doing. Most of the stuff that we read about David are either the uh, extrapolating giant circumstances where God came in and the extrapolating giant circumstances where he messed up. Right. That's where... <laughs> All right. Number six. There was only one boat on the water when Jesus calmed the storm. Sunday school flannel graphs and Bible storybooks <laughs> often depict there being a single boat on the sea when Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. But in the verse that immediately precedes the account of the windstorm, Mike, uh, Mark writes, So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. Mark 4.36 hmm. Gospel writers make a point to establish their credibility by stressing their uh, that there were eyewitnesses to many of the events they chronicle. Mark's inclusion of the detail that there were mo- multiple boats on the water documents that there were additional spectators to this miracle beyond just the 12 disciples. Which would be a key thing to do yeah. when you're trying to prove it wasn't just random stories from these crazies that followed this right. wild man in the desert. All right, lastly... And uh, this one that we have covered before as we've gone over misnomers from Christmas. But that was that Mary rode a donkey to Bethlehem. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there, uh, Anyone who grew up reading this little golden book uh, knows Mary traveled to Bethlehem on the back of a donkey. Uh, even the most recent adaptation was The Star mm-hmm. by Sony Pictures, which was a phenomenal movie. An amazing I movie. I love it. I, I forget how good it is every year. We watch it like three times this Christmas. Yeah. I love it. Um, but the idea that Mary rode to Bethlehem is actually propagated more by nativity scenes than by scripture. Uh, the Bible merely says that Mary and Joseph went up to Bethlehem, Luke 2, 4, and 5. Uh, as a poor young couple, they might not have been able to even afford the luxury of an animal transport, providing even more humble circumstances surrounding the Savior's birth, which is kind of uh, uh, alluded to in that movie. Yeah. Because the donkey finds them. Mm-hmm. They don't purchase a donkey. Uh, he's hurt and he winds up in there, whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, this is actually just one of many assumed beliefs people believe about the Christmas story. The other ones, like shepherds, were outcast. Uh, three three kings came to the nativity scene. Uh, there was no room at the uh, inn. Uh, well, what is that one about? Did they write this here? What's this? No room at the inn. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, not as they were approaching. Oh, okay. Okay. There was no evidence that the baby was pressing as they arrived. 
No, but she rode a donkey all the way there. She rode a donkey all the way there. <laughs> that put her into labor, people. <laughs> uh, what is this? What is this? Oh, okay. This is strange. Oh my goodness. I'm Would sorry. There's a whole new thing. Out? There's a whole new. There's so much. I can't just. I'm trying to. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. This what is, is going to have to be another here? thing. This no? is a, it's a whole thing, but what? it's it's about it's about what? Okay, I can't even put it into words. This is an interesting article that I just found. I'm going to save it so I don't lose it. But it throws throws a shade at the whole notion of a manger and an inn and all that. Oh, great. All right. We're not going to dive into that until next Christmas, y'all. Well, this Christmas, really, 2020. Yeah. yeah. It's it's this year. But just buckle down and wait for 11 months and you'll get your answer as to what that article was all about. But anyway, this this article, Seven Details Christians Get Wrong About the Bible from factsandtrends.net by author Aaron Wilson. Uh, So if you want to read more about that, check it out. There is a little bit more than what we covered uh, in the details of each one of these. Uh, yeah, so check that out. We are going to move on here to our radio update. So last week I had told you that uh, over the Christmas break, we kind of stopped doing music uploads. Right. Mostly because there wasn't a whole lot to upload at the time. Um, but this past week, I went overboard. Added... Bananas? About four times as many uh, albums as I normally do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's let's quickly go through all the list of new stuff, older stuff, and indie stuff. Uh, new stuff we've added from Social Club Misfits, Shane and Shane, Zonti, Bizzle, Social Beings, Gateway Youth, and Brooke. Older stuff from P.O.D., Reliant K., Dead Poetic, Children 18.3, Viridia. All together separate, Josh Garrels, Passion, The Normals. And Slick Shoes, and then we've got a bunch of indie stuff as well. Kuvian Acronym, Joey Vantes, The Grove, Jesus Music, Aha Gazelle, Benjamin James, This Is Luke, Patriot Sale, Lil Mike and Funny Bone, Still Breathing, Manifest, and Lumen Anthem, who came out with his new album. Uh, so two stories. Number one, do you, do you recognize the name Lil Mike and Funny Bone? No. Do you watch America's Got Talent? I haven't in a while. You haven't in a while? But how, well, how long ago? A couple years? Longer than that? Probably. Okay. Well, they came out. They are little people. Oh, okay. They are Native Americans. Okay. And they came out. They are rappers. They had a dance called the Rain Dance. And they did a song called Do the Rain Dance on America's Got Talent. That everybody loved. Now, I don't think they moved on, but like all the crowd was into it. Turns out they're both like hardcore Christians as well. And they've released several albums of music that's kind of inspired, kind of, you know, inspired with Native American stuff, kind of inspired with their Christianity and their faith. And, and, uh, it's, it's, I had, the, it was like their agent or whatever reached out to us to ask us to play them. And so I'm like, 
I recognize these people. And then it says, you know, as seen on America's Got Talent. I'm like, I watched that when it happened. And so I went back and watched it. I'm like, okay, this is fun. Okay. So maybe they got some good stuff. So I listened to the album. And, you know, I don't like the whole, I don't like the whole album. But there are a couple songs in there that I thought were, were great yeah. uh, and good enough to put on. So I'm like, okay, we can do this. Let's yeah. do this. Um, but one of the, the second story that I have, well, the coolest thing, one of the coolest things about this little radio project that we've been doing is that even though we're like this really small rinky dink radio station uh, on our side of it, I it take a feels that like you call it rinky dink. <laughs> it feels like we're a bigger entity than we really are. Yeah, it feels like we'd have a real office somewhere. We <laughs> do we have a real office. <laughs> Shut up! Gosh, it's the illusion. You of get radio. mad at me when I break the illusion. You need to stop breaking the illusion. <sighs> but. Artist like uh, Manifest, okay? He's been around for years. He was, he was. Uh, I feel like he was bigger when Thousand Foot Crutch was bigger than hitting the scene because uh, he did a lot of stuff with Trevor Nevin. Um, Trevor McNevin, I don't know how, what his name is now. Trevor, T-Rock, T-Rock Music. He did a lot of stuff with him uh, and I think that got his name out there a little bit more too. Uh, but he was heavily in the rotation in the radio station that used to be in our area that played more rock and and since then they have gone the way of air one radio and and they play mostly the same stuff you hear on any of the other mainstream stations right but <laughs> all the positive encouraging all the stuff. positive encouraging um so he came out with or he was releasing a new single and he posted on on instagram a like a rejection from a radio station saying yeah this doesn't really fit uh, fit our station. Sorry, you know it was all about how you know you're gonna get rejected. You just gotta keep, you know, plugging away and keep plugging at it. So I comment on his post, dude, send it to us. And less than an hour later, in our inbox, it's like here it is, bro. Thanks for the the uh, for reaching out or whatever. What? And so I'm trying to act all professional and like. Absolutely. Thank you for responding. We'll get to this soon. And on the inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, that worked. That's so cool. <laughs> I feel like a real radio man. I got my big boy pants on. <laughs> no, I'm just, what I'm really trying to say is, I mean, we, we are a small station. Um, and we, you know, we, we basically do every single thing ourselves. We don't have a staff. And, and, uh, we don't get paid. We don't, none of this. (laughs) And we operate on a very little bit of money from our uh, Patreon donors that we are extremely grateful. Like it's just, just enough to operate, which is good, uh, which is the baseline. And we've been there the entire time. So if that's the, if that's as much as we get in donations to keep us on the air and add some music, then I'm happy with that. But, um, Every now and then, just a really cool thing where people get excited about us. Yeah. That makes me feel like, yeah, okay, this is a cool ministry. I like what God's doing here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw that a lot with the Backrofi Awards, which, again, who are we? What's our, this is the first award thing. We don't even have real trophies. You know, it's just a, you know, a fun thing we wanted to put together. But there were a lot of people, even some that weren't indie bands, that got excited about it. And yeah. we're posting about it and telling people to go vote. And we have we have thousands of votes. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, that's impressive. 
that uh, that just that would get people excited. And it is so, impressive. Yeah, so it was cool that I got to send those awards out. You know, we made a little cool little exclusive big stickers. Like, they were big, big suckers. Uh, got to send those out, and, and uh, I'm hoping we'll see a couple of them on social media. Uh, but they got re- people were still really excited. I'm like, because I sent pretty much every winner. Hey, we don't really have like real trophies, but we do have this cool little sticker we'd like to send you in a letter. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited. I like, I like what we do. We may be a small little <laughs> rinky dink <laughs> radio, but we have big dreams. We do. Who knows? Who knows what God's gonna do with this in the future? I mean, listen, he's kept me here in this small little rinky-dink town. (laughs) Despite really trying to get out of here for years. And has caused me to fall in love with this small little (laughs) rinky-dink town. So something big's got to come of it. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, coming up next, we share something we love. That's your part right there. Oh, (laughs) we'll be back in just a few in just a few with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. Wonder why we're still a rinky dink. Shut up! <laughs> to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today but first i want to share with you something that i love um so this has been around for a little while but i haven't experienced it until just recently there is uh, something on the nintendo switch called nintendo switch online mm-hmm. which when i first heard about it i assumed it was like every other online shop that they've done in the past systems where you can just go on and you can buy games there. Sometimes at a bit of a discount and download it to the system and play it there. I was way off. Number one, uh, it's more like a video game version of Netflix. Where you sign up for this. I think it's it's really cheap. It's like $20 a year. For this, mm-hmm. but you download two different apps. One's an NES app, and one's a Super Nintendo app. And within each of these apps online, they have just a giant plethora of games from those systems that you can play. So Star Fox is on there. Star Fox is on there. Star Fox Two is on there. I don't like Star Fox. <laughs> Pilot Wings, <laughs> all the good Super Mario's, Yoshi's Island, all those are on there. Zelda, a bunch of the Zelda games, uh, Super Punch-Out, you know, those really classic games, Ice Hockey, you know, all those games from childhood, from our childhoods, uh, a lot of which were like on those NES minis and Super NES minis that came mm-hmm. out. Well, now you can play them on your Switch at any point. Uh, but there's more cool things about it. They've also released in their, like... Uh, souped up versions of certain games. So they'll have the normal game that you can start just like you were putting it in your your system when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. But then they have souped up versions where you start it and you start with like, like in Zelda, for instance, you'll start like halfway through the game with a whole bunch, like a whole pocket full of, you know, all the stuff you need, potions and rupees and certain swords and shields and whatever. And so like if you stunk at those games... And you never got to see the later ep- uh, uh, stages like I did. I 
I hated Zelda because I could never get anywhere. I was awful at it. But now I could like play some of the later stages that I never got to see uh, because they set you up like that. Yeah. Where it's good. It's it's in some of the games like the game's already beaten, and so you can just go back and play freely wherever you want in any of the stages that are open, which is a really neat thing for kids as well as adults that, like I said. Stunk at them when they were kids right. and <laughs> might not otherwise try them again. Um, but then the last thing that's really cool about it is that uh, you know you can you can load in in every single game within the apps. You can have four different save points, which is cool. But as you're playing, it also gives you the option of rewinding time in every game. So if you're playing super mario and you miss jump and you fall into a pit and you're like oh i don't want to start the episode or the stage all over again you push and hold both trigger buttons for a second and it pops up and it has little screenshots about every few seconds of the game and you can just scoot back a little and start over right there and just keep on playing so i mean that's what i mean about it. it's like the netflix thing is like it takes away a lot of the annoyance if you don't want to deal with it. Somebody from our generation (laughs) has come up with this. Somebody who struggled through video games Mm -hmm. as a, I don't want to say a young child or a teenager, but those (laughs) those preteen years, you know, 10 to 12. Yeah. Somebody who struggled through those years on the N64 or the Super Nintendo... With the rumble pack, uh, the N64 with the rumble pack. Yeah, that That was was, cool. Yeah. Heavy, but cool. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Listen, I would come home from school. Yeah. And my mom had her own little saved file for for Mario. I don't think it was Super Mario. It was just, what was it? Super Mario 64 is what it was called. Okay. She had her own little saved file, and she would have spent the majority of her day while my brother and I were at school beating different worlds, different That's levels. Cool, and yeah. I would come home, and I'd want to play on her file because she Ooh, it was. No. Oh yeah. Mm-mm. Well, yeah. Nope. That's exactly what this is. Then yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. It's like here's here's the game that your dad played when he beat it. Yeah. Now you can go play on it. Exactly. That that is exactly what it is. So it's really cool. They're adding new games. Uh, they were doing it monthly. I think they backed off from monthly now, but they they are doing it every now and then, adding new games to it. But it's really it's really cool. There's a lot more than I think I'll ever play. But I'm already I'm halfway into Super Mario World. I'm halfway into Super Mario Brothers Two, which I really liked. That most people hate. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a cool thing. It's definitely it's well worth the twenty dollars a year. Yeah. And I think you can get a family deal where if, if you have a couple different switches where uh, you can have two separate accounts for, or more, I think it's up to four separate accounts for like 30, $34 a year. So not quite the price of, of two accounts. Right. So yeah, definitely worth at least a, a month try. Or it's, I think they have a seven day free trial if you want to try that out. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying that a lot. I think that's the coolest thing so far to come out of the Switch. Yeah. All Very right. Cool. Let's close out our show with a uh, Bible verse for the day. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. 
Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific. With an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 Pacific, Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you like what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you in our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug, and you'll get a full episode of Church Nerds a day early. Of course, we also offer the Back Row Free Podcast, where you'll get a weekly podcast on Thursdays from The Morning Side Hug with selected clips from all four of our shows that week. You'll get Critical Hit with Hector Mira and the first episodes of Church Nerd after they air on Fridays. The full episode. Full episode. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. The truth is out there. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye. Bye.